Hey everyone, what's going on? Welcome to RCC at Home. My name is Danny. And my name is Adam, and we are the Announcement Dudes, bringing to you some announcements. Oh yeah. yeah. And here we go. So first of all, on the 19th, we're doing Christmas in the street. We're getting together as a church for a service type thing with music and fun and coffee. We're getting together in downtown Ripon at the square, the 19th at 5 o'clock. So boom. Oh, boom. and yes. speaking of boom, don't forget... Boom! To subscribe and hit the bell for future videos. And updates. And we're talking about social media there, so make sure you do that. And the next announcement that we have for you guys is our RCC 13 days of Christmas. I think that was right. 13 days of Christmas, right? It's normally 12, but we're RCC, so we're a little bit different. And the 13 days of Christmas are all about expressing gratitude for all that Rippin has to offer. So if you boomed the subscribe button, you can get updates on what that's all about because we just want to express our gratitude to all the different community organizations here in Rippin. Yeah, so check that out on Facebook and see what's going on. Also, lastly, on Christmas Eve, we're releasing a special online RCC at Home Christmas Eve service to make Christmas Eve special for you and your family. So check that out. Hop on our Facebook, hop on our YouTube, go to rccsunday.com. Yeah, right now we're going to move into a special time of worship. And I really appreciate what we have to offer when it comes to worship because it's an opportunity for us to just slow down, take a breath, and really focus in on all that uh, worshiping our God has to offer us. So let's get to it. Thank you for investing your time here with us today. That's an act of worship before God because you gave Him your attention and you chose to focus on God when you could have invested that time in a bunch of other ways. We take that very seriously at RCC. So my hope for you today is that, you've, that you feel that you've invested your time wisely, that it was worth it for you. As we give you the opportunity to now make a worship offering, I want to thank you for choosing to invest financially in the ministry work of God at RCC. I invest here because I believe it's worth it, and I hope that you do too. God's doing amazing things here, and your generosity helps make that possible. So thank you, and God bless you this week. If you've never given before and you'd like to start to give, then just go to rccsunday.com and click on the giving icon in the bottom right-hand corner or even the word give at the top. While you're there, you can also check out today's unique information or fill out a red card with a prayer request. It would be great to hear from you or it would be an honor to pray for you. And I hope to see you soon. Hi, I am really excited to be here with you today, wherever you may be. My name is Erica and I am one of the pastors here at Ribbon Community Church. A few months ago, my phone rang and it was my daughter, Grace. She was FaceTiming me. She goes to college in Oshkosh and lives in a house with five other girls. And she's a really tough kid. She takes a lot for her to cry. She doesn't call me asking for things ever, really. And here she was, um, nine o'clock at night, and she was crying. She was struggling to breathe and asking me what she should do. It was in that moment that COVID became real to me. Honestly, before then, I kind of took it lightly, and I honestly had no idea what to tell her and, and how, where to tell her to go or what to do or who to call, and I felt so helpless. I'm not sure where you stand. We've all had different journeys this year, but since that day, two of my other kids have gotten it, and then I got sick. I struggled with a high fever, difficulty breathing, intense back and chest pain, crazy uncontrollable shivering, and moments of a lot of fear. 
And I ended up in the ER and had been sick for over a week. And honestly, at this time, it was at a point where I was so weak and tired and struggling. And my nurse just happened to be a part of the RCC family. Being alone, her presence felt like it was sent from God. To me that day, she was Jesus with skin. Dee Dee, if you're watching, thank you. I had numerous tests that day in the ER, and when the doctor came to talk to me about my results, we had a beautiful conversation about life and Jesus and faith, and again, I felt God. Here in, in this circumstance in my life, I experienced people who were just doing their jobs, yet in the midst of them, they were loving and serving and sharing God's love. In addition to that, so many of you, friends and family, unexpected, almost strangers, reached out to me bringing me food or vitamins or encourage me, encouraging me with messages, flowers, prayers, and just simply love. And I felt it all. And this is when God opened my eyes. Because countless ways I saw church, our church, God's church, in a whole new light. So many people unexpectedly showed up for me just by being themselves. And this experience inspired my message today, this message that I'm calling, The Church Has Left the Building. It's been nine months, nine months of COVID. Like we need a reminder. We're reminded every day. Quarantine, sickness, mask wearing, waiting outside to get into a store, work hours more or less, family gatherings not what we're used to, virtual school, teaching to a camera, not seeing each other's faces every week, not feeling each other's hugs or seeing each other's kids or families and just not being together. We're sick of hearing about COVID. We're sick of being sick with it. Some of you are in quarantine right now because of it. And I think it's safe to say that a lot of us are really struggling with the restrictions that it's put on our existence, the way that it's changed our lives. Now, I cannot wait for the day till we gather again. However, I'm actually really thankful for this season. This season where we've all been reminded that the church has never been and should never have been a place where we go, should never have just been a building. In the Bible, the word church was never used to describe a building or a denomination. In fact, the first church buildings were not built until three to 400 years after the church was established. In the Bible, the church always refers to people. The church is you and the church is me. In the New Testament, no one ever came to know Jesus by going to a church building. People made faith commitments in jails and homes, on mountainsides, at work and in fields. I know that it's frustrating not meeting together as a church family. I'm frustrated. Our entire staff here is frustrated and I know that many of you are too. Going to a church building, it's easy and it's fun. Not much is expected of us. We can sing if we want. We can give if we feel like it. We listen to the message and take it or leave it. We can stay after and hang out with people or we can quietly leave out the side door. But you see, church was meant to be so much more than this. It's so much more than just showing up, enjoying and receiving. And just because our building isn't open for gathering at this moment doesn't mean that we stop worshiping, we stop serving, and we stop growing our relationships with God. It's harder though now, I know. It's harder because we all have to be intentional and we all have to make more of a conscious effort. So here we are in the midst of COVID. Numbers are continuing to be on the rise every day. But this gives us so many more opportunities to be the church, 
because people are sick and they're tired. They're overworked or out of work. They're struggling with life and they're just plain sick of it. This year has been one for the record books, for you and for me and for everyone. I hear it all the time, I cannot wait for 2020 to be over. Like magically on January 1st, 2021, things are gonna change and we'll be back to normal. But what if normal never comes? How much time will we have wasted wishing for it or waiting for it? Acts chapter one, the heading of this chapter says it's the establishment of the church. And here in the Bible, this takes place right after Jesus was crucified, after he had risen from the grave, and it was at the end of his 40 days back on earth. And he's eating with his disciples, and he says this in Acts 1.9. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. They strained to see him rising into heaven. Can you imagine? This God that they've been following was gone. And now what? They had to been thinking, what are we going to do without him? Without him to guide us, to tell us where to go, to help us grow our relationship with God, to help us help others. Can you relate? No more church meetings. Many of us stood there staring. Many of us are still staring. Like, now what? For me, I've had many times in my life when things happened and I've stood there staring, wondering what in the world is going on and looking up at God like, now what? And if we look at this story from Acts chapter 1, as the disciples stood there staring, here's what happened. Two angels suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he'll return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. So the angels show up and they ask, what are you doing? These angels, they're trying to give these disciples some self-realization. Because this time in the Bible, it was a time of transition. Transition from what they knew to be to a new normal. A new phase in their faith, their lives, and for the whole world. And for us, 2020, it's been a year of transition too. Transition for the church, for our families, our businesses, and politics, healthcare. But if we're not careful, we can be in these transitions, staring, stuck weeping and crying and trying to cling on to what was instead of moving on to what's next. I personally have had one of the most difficult years in my life. So many times I found myself standing, staring, weeping in disbelief, waiting for what was next, looking at God like, now what? But then, countless ways, I also experienced people being the church to me and my family. Countless times I experienced God showing up with unexpected, yet beautiful, yet such hard, profound lessons. I had to be open to each one of them, or I could have missed him. Romans 8.28 reminds us that God causes all things to work out for good for those who love him. Yeah, all things. This includes our most painful moments, our greatest battles. And next time you're facing a struggle or a battle, or if you're in one right now, remember this. Your pain will never be wasted if you don't allow it to. God can and God will use it for good. Not only good in your life, but good in the lives of others as well. And now's the time. It's a time for you and it's a time for me to stop complaining about what was, stop waiting for things to change, and to do what's next. As Jesus actually said, 
it's better that I go away. He says it in John 16, 7, but very truly I tell you, it's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Hmm, how can that be better? The disciples at this time, they must have thought that because they were losing Jesus, they were going to be less. They were going to be less effective, less holy, and less empowered. But here's the thing. With Jesus, whatever your loss is, it's not less when you have him with you. Rather, it can be a launching pad that's pushing you into something greater. The disciples here in this moment, they're ready to go on to new dimensions. God knew it they couldn't see it. Some of you are down because you keep focusing on what you don't have. And I'm here today to encourage you to stop letting the enemy beat you up about what you've lost. If you're breathing, you're not done. God is not done with you yet. And there's an abundant need in this world for your unique beauty and your unique gifts. Now I know that some of you are probably sitting there thinking, I am not good enough to tell others about God. I don't have the courage, I don't know the Bible enough, I, I don't think people are going to listen to me, and I'm kind of lazy, I really just don't feel like it. Who knows? Whatever your thought is, take a listen to what the Apostle Paul said. He had a sketchy past, but listen to this. He says this in Ephesians 3.7, When it came to presenting the message to people who had no background in God's way, I was the least qualified of any of the available Christians. God saw to it that I was equipped you can be sure that it had nothing to do with my natural abilities. You see here, Paul didn't have self-confidence. But what he had was confidence in God. Ephesians 3.20 says, God can do anything, you know. Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. This power to witness to others, to tell other people about God, comes from him. It comes from the Holy Spirit. Listen to what Jesus says right before he left the disciples that day. Acts 1.8, he says, You will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witness, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So to be a witness, what does that even mean? Have you ever been a witness to a car accident? If you're driving down the highway and you see something happen, you're later asked to tell the police what you saw. In this, you don't need to know the mechanics of the car. You don't need to know the timing of the stoplights. All you need to do is say what you, what you heard and what you saw. That's it. Being a witness for God is telling people what you see God doing and how you hear him speaking in your life. It's being open to the lessons he is teaching you. So stop fighting them. Stop complaining about the hard and wishing things were different. And Jesus says to the disciples to start in Jerusalem, which was their home. And this is true for you too. Start right where you are. From there, you can go out into your community, the surrounding communities, and maybe someday around the world. I know that sometimes we feel like we're losing our minds in the waiting waiting for church to regather, waiting for 2020 to be over, waiting until whatever circumstance you're dealing with will end and we're getting impatient. Trust me, I'm also getting impatient. We hate to wait. But do you know what? In the Bible, waiting was a thing. God used it a lot. Paul waited in prison. Noah waited to build the ark. 
Daniel in a lion's den, Jonah in a whale, Elijah in a cave, Moses in the wilderness, and Jesus in a tomb. Each of these were not ideal environments, I would imagine, and I would guess each of these people wished they could have had different circumstances. Right now in this waiting, for many of us, it's not a nice environment. But maybe, just maybe, if you open yourself up to this idea, you're going to realize that this waiting is actually working. Maybe God is giving you the power, giving you the depth that perhaps you didn't have before your life was turned upside down. This makes me think of a caterpillar. When it goes into the cocoon, it must be uncomfortable and tight and different than anything it has experienced before. And the worst thing we could do for that caterpillar is to take it out early. Over time, when it's right, the struggling, the fight, the annoying family stuff you're dealing with right now, the other things that have come up for you in your life that you were always too busy to confront, they're here. The addiction, the depression, whatever circumstance you're in, you're now having to face it all. Did you ever think that it's actually the struggle that will make you even more beautiful and eventually give you the ability to fly. I talked about the ease and the comfort of going to church. Hopefully today you're listening to this in the comfort of your car or in your home. But this message is about asking you to get uncomfortable. I wanna ask you a question. So if the church is not a building, if the church is you and me, are people going to want to believe in and follow Jesus by the way you live your life? How would you answer that question? Are people going to want to believe in and follow Jesus by the way you live your life? For me, I would say some days, yeah, I think so. Well, others, for sure not. And I would guess that's true for most of us. But we have to stop being ashamed of who we are. Because the truth is, Jesus will continue to make you more and more like him if you make an effort as well. Get to know him better. Trust the process and go all in. I want to push you to actually be the church this week and next week and the week after that. Who is it at work that needs someone to listen to them for a half hour this week? Who in your family has been in a tough stretch and could benefit from a phone call and some encouragement from you? Even though you may not feel like smiling, do it more. Someone needs it. Make a meal for someone who has a lot on their plate. When you think of someone, let them know with a call or a text. Pray for someone and let them know you're doing so. You can be a part of RCC's 13 Days of Christmas. You can find out the details on our website, Facebook, or Instagram. This is a simple way to reach out to our community. Work together as a church family. What if us, you and me, our RCC family, our church, God's entire church. What if 300 people actually did something for real? Imagine the impact day after day, week after week. We're going to eventually meet in person again. There's no doubt about that. But in the meantime, always leave people better than you found them. It's got to be our rule of thumb. Always leave people better than you found them. Think about others and do something for them and your life will get better. Doing things for others makes your life better. There are many of you like this already. You may not know who you are, but I've seen you. I have experienced Jesus because of you. I have felt loved and supported without judgment, 
just because you are being who you are. And that, my friends, is what being a follower of Jesus is all about. Because you never really know the impact you have on those around you. You never know how much someone needed that smile that you gave them or how much your kindness turned someone's life around. You may never know how much someone needed that long, tight hug or that deep conversation. So in the waiting, stop staring. Stop waiting for better circumstances or for someone to change. Just go. Start doing. Love and be a witness for Jesus. Because my friends, the church has left the building. Will you pray with me? God, thank you. Thank you for all you've done. I, I'm not sure that we've said it enough in this season. This season has left us asking you a lot of things, I would imagine. Asking for a lot of things to change and people to be healed and our circumstances to be different. I pray, Lord, that each of us looks at this season differently. That we can be filled with your spirit and empowered to go out and be witnesses for you. Thank you for sending your son as, as, an, as an example for us on how to, how to love others and how to live our lives the way that he did. Help us to do that. Put the right people in our path, Lord, and give us the courage and the strength to step out and get uncomfortable, to step out and be your church. We thank you, God, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.